0: G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod, it's your boy Dossie here and we are talking the Hawthorne Football Club from an AFL fantasy perspective on today's show. I have with me a two-time top 10 finisher, John Harmy, I've also got five-time top 100 finisher, the Statesman, also of Draft Doctors fame as well on deck today. We're talking Hawthorne, so let's go through some of the numbers. 18th for age and experience last season in 2023, the youngest team in the league last year. They were still the fifth best for AFL Fantasy points scored per game. A lot of chip-chip in the back line, a lot of chip-chip around the ground, not a lot of metres gained. But they were number one for bounces per game, surprisingly. 17th for tackles per game, so not a lot of pressure going around there, and 18th for spoils, which was a bit surprising to me, I've got to say, when looking into the numbers. So these guys, though, they're on the up. They've got Sam Mitchell as their coach, who hopefully has recovered from his bout of uh, pneumonia overseas. He's back on deck. I think he's he's all safe and sound. Still recovering, but hopefully at the helm again soon. Could they make the leap this year, Harmy and, and, and B., a team on our watch list and maybe uh, make a finals push this year? Big jump up the ladder, finishing third last last year.
1: I actually don't mind the way they're building their list, but I don't think they're going to make a big jump this year. But um, they've got some some, uh, players coming through. They're going to be quite good, I think.
0: Interesting stuff. Uh, They're going to be a team on the watch list for sure for a few fantasy players. But um, look, their trade period wasn't... That exciting, I've got to say, from a fantasy perspective, but let's look at how they went this year. Some of their ins were Jack Ginovan coming across from the Pies, Jack Gunston going back home from Brisbane, Mabior Chol coming across as well from the mighty Gold Coast Suns, uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio across from your mighty Bombers, Harmy, and then a bunch of popular, well, one popular rookie pick, Nick Watson and a bunch of other draft picks as well. Some of the outs, Justin Kazitsky, Tyler Brockman off to the Mighty Weagles, Brandon Ryan, Lockie Bramble, I just wanted to mention him because he was a popular draft pick back in the day, uh, draft in fantasy, not actual draft. And then Max Lynch, unfortunately having to retire from concussion. I just liked him as a player, so I wanted to mention him as a notable out. Stato, though, can you talk about the Hawks from a buy-round perspective? Obviously, we've got to navigate the buyers more than ever this year. And Stato, you are a buy-round expert. Anything to be of concern from the Hawthorne Hawks?
2: No, they're another good list. Um, And certainly, they're not probably two players that you might – be in the top of their bracket. So uh, come their buy in the middle of the year, they're just two you need to navigate. So um, I, I don't think it's too much a disruption for them. Yeah, so far we haven't come
0: across a team that has the opening round by. So thankfully these three first teams, bottom of the table, they're not looking to expand them across into uh, into the New South Wales teams. They're not trying to promote them too much in the opening round. But let's look at the popular picks. That's what we've been doing in our team previews, 10% plus ownership. And as I mentioned, a very popular rookie pick, $200,000 mid forward, 25% ownership, Nick Watson. Stato, do you know anything about Nick Watson for Hawthorne? Huge
2: ownership numbers. Yeah, it's look, it's interesting. It's more of his uh, draft pick, I would assume, uh, small forward. Uh, it's sort of what they needed, uh, especially with the loss of Brockman, who was going to probably play that role for for a decade. So um, he's probably going to get game time, um, but I just don't expect him to be a big scorer, to be honest. But um, I, I think we're going to go a fair bit of value in our forward line, so... Uh, rookies is probably Harley Reed is probably the only one that's going to be on field, to be honest, for, for most sides. It's going to be a fair few bargain and, and mid-prices in our forward line. But, look, it's pick number four, so highly ranked, highly rated. I just don't know if he's going to be fantasy in his early days.
0: Just looking at his pure numbers, getting these numbers from KeeperLeaguePod.com, uh, Nick Watson in the Talent League, nine games played, 20 disposals, four marks, Two tackles, 82 fantasy points, so not massive like that we sometimes see with the 120s from guys we're looking at in their first year, but at 200K, that's pretty solid. And then from Vic Metro, he averaged uh, in his four games, he averaged 70 fantasy points, kicked nearly four snags a game. So to your point, he's probably got that Potentially job security status in a role that has been left behind by Tyler Brockman as well. So, one to watch at 200K and potentially lock and load if he is named round one. Uh, James Sisley is the other popular pick at $943,000, was one of our best defenders last season in 2023. Harmy, We've, in the last couple of weeks, been talking, you know, he was on our regression show last week and and we've mentioned the guy's name a few times, but Stevie Fizz joined us there and he had him as a regression candidate to drop back. Doesn't think the marks are sustainable and thinks maybe they're going to go around away from that chip-chip mark game that I sort of mentioned off the top of the show. So, Sicily, 23% owned at the moment. What are your thoughts on him as a prospect for us this year in fantasy?
1: I tend to agree with your earlier comments there. I think he's probably um, about max value. Um, And look, the guy's got a huge ceiling. So when it's his day, when he's got things on his terms, he's pretty awesome to watch. But um, as a team that in theory should be getting better, so there should be a touch less ball down back, um and what did he get, average 10 marks a game? Gosh, who gets 10 marks a game off the show. And then, um, yeah, if teams, if teams want to shut Hawthorne down, he's the man that they've got to stand next to, poke in the back. Like who was it that did it from North Melbourne last year? I was one of their also-rans, I think. So all they did was take their worst forward and sit him next to Sicily all day. So we could see a bit of that.
0: Yeah, was it like Flynn Perez or something like that? Yeah, okay. that on him. But- yeah, I, I remember the game though. It was frustrating to watch as an owner. Um, let's. That's all the popular picks for Hawks. So clearly not a not a popular fantasy team this year. That's all the picks over ten percent currently owned anyway. But let's look at the big dogs from last year. The top three averaging players. We've talked about James Sicily. One that has come up in recent news has been Will Day, who um, the injury news came out. Unfortunately. Um, getting an injury there. They think, you know, they've said he might be right to go for round one. There's a bit of uncertainty there. And then Giant Newcomb rounded it out. But let's talk about first, Will Day. Um, exploded onto the scene last year. I had him as in my squad. So, the Dossie curse has already begun for season 2024. I had him at M4. The news came out, I've already had to make a little shuffle. So, um, Stato, a bit disappointing. Steve, but it saved you, mate. <laughs> you don't
2: think he's, he's going to be a, a good pick for this year? No, I wouldn't have thought so. And why is that? Oh, I just think he's probably close to um, his max output. I think he's a 95 to 100 bloke as a, a midfielder.
0: All right, well, my reasoning, let's just talk about it because I had some notes from the you other week. You don't have to. I, was gonna, I, I
2: think I will um, <laughs> if,
0: I can, <laughs> if I can bloody find my notes. But um, look, the reason that I liked him is because I always look, um, I really like getting those rounded numbers when it comes to disposals, marks, tackles. He hit every single stat line. He was actually already number one for points per minute at the Hawks. We're talking about how you know where's the upside, but he actually only had sixty three percent total centre bounces last year. So I feel like there's upside from there straight away. If he just becomes the guy in the midfield, it was his only his first year playing inside, um, and has already stated himself he's got you know much more improvement in his second year playing as the midfield. But the point doesn't stand because I can't start him with the injury anyway.
1: But uh, I think I'll be my-
2: proven right in the first six weeks, mate.
0: Okay, John <laughs> Newcomb then. <laughs> John Newcomb then on the other side. Uh, Harmy, your thoughts on him maybe being able to take a breakout because he's already had a big yeah. breakout. Can he take his game to the next level, though? One thing that I just want to say is with Newcomb is when he first exploded onto the scene, we saw him come out with a 14-tackle game. I think it was on debut, just ridiculous yeah. numbers. Really haven't seen that, that tackling from him since then. And, and we also saw, as a team, as I mentioned, 17th for tackles per game. If that's something that they can improve on, does he have
1: some upside in that department? Because the man can tackle. Yeah, they probably um, – I mean, I guess the poaching staff probably set him out there with a bit of a mission to improve other areas of his game. Um, it's fine to come in as a, you know, as a rookie to come in try and make a name for yourself with pressure acts and that sort of thing, but they they need him to be their best player. So, I'd say that's probably a little bit of it, Dossie. But as far as Newcomb goes, I'm actually growing quite keen – if you think about the be- historically, the best uh, fantasy scorers that we have had, they have been the main midfielder in a team that isn't very good, isn't going to cop a tag, and I think it's I think it is Jai and the Will Day injury just sort of um, help, helps that. So, what's he priced at? He is priced at ninety three. Um, there was a game at the back end of the year; I think he scored one hundred and fifty nine. So, uh, he you know he's potentially got a good ceiling, and maybe. Uh, the tools there to put together a good season. And, uh, yeah, no early buy. He's somebody that I'm actually keeping a bit of an eye on. Mm,
0: and I think the biggest thing to factor in as well, getting the big number three as well in uh, in the off-season, the Lee Matthews, he's, uh, he's primed to take a big step up. I think. I I don't mind that. Look, if it's not going to be Will Day, I guess it could be uh, John Newcomb. So, I might just do a straight swap there, mate, and uh, bring him into my squad. Let's look at some of the other players on our fantasy radar. Carl Amon, already mentioned in our breakout podcast. Stato, do you have any interest in Amon? There was the talk. Bit of move to the back line at the end of last year. We can see he's only priced at 87 at the moment, 121 in his last three, 114 in his last last year unfortunately midfield only though to start the year could you go
2: there at that price 783k priced at 87 if he's got the role of course you could um so that's very much a pre-season watch and not that we're going to have a lot of data with the, the round zero um but look at the end of the day um, he's one you've got to keep an eye on it's a change of role it proved to to work for him um, and we saw him in his days at Port Adelaide he does have a fantasy game about him so priced at 87 for someone that could potentially get a 105 they're the type you need to be looking at and to pick up that he might get defender status at round six as well as an added bonus um, would be quite rewarding. So it's certainly one I'll be keeping an eye on. Harmy, in a year
0: where we're struggling in our forward line, could Dylan Moore be an answer at Hawthorne if we are expecting them to improve? Could he be taking his game to another level, manage to average 88 despite their struggles coming third last on the ladder, didn't get much midfield exposure at all, which I was shocked at because he can really put it on if he does get the midfield exposure. looks like they want to keep him forward. They've just got too many mouths to feed in terms of feeding that young midfield experience in the midfield more than they have too many sort of mouths to feed in terms of talent. But Dylan Moore, a gun forward. Can he be a gun fantasy forward for us above the 88 that he's averaging last year?
1: Well, he is a gun fantasy forward. At 88. Mm. Like, I just I can't, yeah, see, can't see what changes for him because, as you say, um, the Hawks midfield, who are they going to invest their time into? They've got him as a great forward. Excellent. Okay, that position's taken. What's happening with our midfield? Can't get Josh Ward in there. Can't get Cam McKenzie in there yet. You know, I think that that's the type of player that they need to um, put a bit of time into in that midfield rotation rather than Dylan Moore. Okay, so... You're not that keen, Stato. With with the lack of forwards, no no keenness
0: for Dylan Moore either. I've got to say, I, yeah, I've got to agree. It's they're gonna just invest in that in that youth, aren't they? And, and as, as much as we say youth, Dylan Moore's twenty. What? Well, How's he? He's twenty four himself or something. But he's just too good at playing forward. It's almost like the Toby Green situation, isn't it, Stato? Where they just need someone up there to kick some snags.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, if he was getting, say, 30 to 40% midfield time, I'd be really excited. But, look, he's just one I watch throughout the year to see if he gets a little bit of attention his price drops because depending on how many DPPs we get, there's a chance he's top six, but Harmi's right, he's probably at the top of his price.
0: All right, let's look at some of these players that we've been talking about could get that midfield exposure in that youth bracket. And I mean, obviously, if Will Day doesn't end up starting the season, it's all it's all just conjecture at the moment. But if he's not healthy to start the year, then there's plenty of guys in here that we're about to talk about that could take a step up. Josh Ward being one of them. So he's priced at seventy five, dollars which is $676,000, but... Look, probably didn't have the second year that that many thought he would, Josh Ward, including myself, was an absolute gun fantasy scorer as a junior. Um, up in the high, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he he cracked a ton. He was compared to, I believe Callum Toomey compared Ward to Merritt and Tom Mitchell in his draft year. So that's the sort of fantasy pedigree we're talking about with Josh Ward. But um Harmy, he's a midfield only. Could you look at him if he is looking at some more midfield exposure this year?
1: Oh, you'd want to see something pretty clear in the preseason. Uh, it just looked last year as like, you're right, like he is a gun junior fantasy scorer as is Connor McDonald, but the thing about Ward was it was as an inside mid and it seemed like Hawthorne tried to get him to drop a little weight, a bit of weight and focus on his running and then pushed him to the wing. Um, as an outside runner, so uh, I think it would make more sense as an inside mid, but the issue that they've got is they've tried to kind of um, bolster up their midfield with stronger, more mature bodies, so you got got um, – Warple, Connor Nash was the that was like, yeah. what's he doing in there? Yeah, exactly. but that's what it is. They're just trying to protect those um, younger guys a little bit. But, man, at some point, they just need to bite the bullet and chuck them in there and see how they go. So, I think that that's what's affected him last year. He was playing on the outside and I'd like to see him inside, but I'm not sure if there's a spot because it all gets a bit same-same with Newcomb and Warple and Ward. They seem to be a similar type player. I think
0: he's the perfect guy you want in your keeper league because one day it's going to pop. But in our classic team, Stato, am I right in saying this is just one of those risky picks that could go any any direction and you'd probably rather not start him and just jump on if if you see those signs early? You're on mute, Stato. Perfect timing, mate.
2: Yeah, sorry. I'm still still getting over COVID, so I'll go on mute sort of uh, every couple of minutes, let myself have a bit of a cough and get over it. So. Classic fossil I, moment though, mate. I, I, and spectacular what I just said too when I was muted, um, but look... Yeah. <laughs> you' you're right. It's one of those things that if if you try and guess what's in the mind of coaches, that's when you're going to come undone, especially with tricky players at that price. Unless you're assured of the role, uh, don't go there. Don't take the risk unless you know.
0: All right. Well, I want to touch on just two other guys in the same mould then, Cam McKenzie and Connor McDonald. Um, Is there any interest in those two guys and and presumably the similar sort of deal moving into the midfield? If you do think Josh Ward's maybe staying on the wing harmy, are these two guys that could present some value this year or, again, just too risky?
1: Uh, I'll put it this way. Uh, A friend of mine told me this one in the group chat a couple of weeks back. It's a lot easier to go from 46 to 66 than it is to go from 72 to 92. Cam McKenzie, if Cam McKenzie is in the 22, I'm actually really keen because there's a lot of sub-affected games and a bit of role variance, like he got thrown around a bit, but the guy can score. So if he had a regular um, role and he was in the 22, um, I'm actually quite keen on him as a forward option, but uh, I guess we'll wait and see in the preseason on that one.
0: Stato, on the same page with the nod, Cam McKenzie, 439K for reference at that 49 average um, with a few sub-affected games, obviously.
2: So the talk is that he's training with that midfield group. So that's a really good sign. Um, When he got the opportunities, he was a really good scorer. He's cheap enough and with forward status that you can actually have that punt. If it's not working, it hasn't cost you too much. It's not too much more than your your high end rookies. It's about what, 130k? Um, so you're not playing around with too much. They're the ones you want to risk. It's when you get the the mid five hundreds to seven hundred thousand, you don't want to get them wrong because that's a big investment.
0: All right. Well, speaking of those, that player in that bracket though, quickly touch on Connor McDonald as well. Sounds like Harmy's not came due to that fact. It's going to be hard to jump up, but he did average 87 in his last five last year, came home strong, um, entering what, his third year this year, I think, McDonald. Stato, any interest for yourself as well?
2: Uh, look, I love him, but I'm, I'm going to keep that on the the draft area because um, I think that's where he is. You get him at the right value and I think he's got upside, but... Is he uh, a mid-90s if he's not playing full-time mid? And the answer is no.
0: One more player we want to talk about. Someone chucked this in the run sheet, and I love it because Josh Weddle in his second year as a defender, who was it? Because uh, I'm a big fan of this guy, but, look, I would have loved to have snuck him in here. But, look, there's a lot of defensive options out there. Why is Josh Weddle an option for whoever popped this in here?
1: I think it was Louis that put that in, actually, but his price at 64 oh, dude, as a him? defender. <laughs> price at 64 <laughs> as a defender. He's a running machine. Um, I'm not sure. who would he have to play on the back flank, wouldn't he? So who's he going to push out? Um, you'd have to rely on Carl Amon not being back there. Hardwick could be back in the back pocket. So, I mean, Scrimshaw maybe wouldn't get a game, but everything would have to fall right for him. Um, to pop, but at 64, I mean, there's a chance that he is one of those ones that shoots uh, shoots up as a mid-price player. All
0: right, and th- that'll touch on all of the players that we want to cover for Hawthorne. Hopefully, we covered all the players that you guys were after, but one last thing I would like to talk about from Hawthorne is the Finn McGuinness tag. Is this a concern heading in to round one, and is anyone worried about starting any Essendon players who have them round one or are we looking at round two when they've got Melbourne? Is there any inclination that the Finn McGuinness tag returns this season and should it be something that we continue to look out for, especially in our starting squads with those premium
1: players? Say a Zach Merritt, Harmy. Well, aren't they going to go out there to try and win? I'm not sure if... uh, Look, no disrespect to Finn McGuinness. He did some great jobs as a a tagger last year, but... Would you? He's going to roll out with a tiger for the first five rounds. So I think it's a very defensive mindset. I'm not sure whether they'll do it. I'm not sure whether he's going to get a game. Not not every week, anyway. Are you
0: concerned, Stato? Would you? Would it factor into your starting picks? Is what I mean.
2: Not a lot. Um, you, look, people made that big mistake last year with Dacos, right? His big breakout year. I'm not saying his first year wasn't fantastic at all, Dos, but he, he elevated himself to top of his line and people made that mistake last year because they worried about the tag. Um, so if you've got someone that's on um, got a big upside and that's what you're looking for, the value right, and um, if if you miss that opportunity because you're worried about what other people are doing to that player, then you, you're struggling. And look, I will say I... I made uh, a bad choice last year. One Western Bulldog midfielder I was going and I went through Bont or McRae um, and I ended up going McRae uh, because he was a little bit cheaper on what his ceiling had been and that Bont was going to get all the attention and tag and look how that decision made out. Um, There was 34 points on average the difference. No, sorry, 24 points on average the difference. All right, that's very valuable
0: insights. And yeah, it sounds like we just ignore those tags to start the year. Uh, Finn McGuinness, not a concern on our radar. Love that insight. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for our Hawthorne show. Follow us at PodPod Pod AFL. Keep track on us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a little rating and review just to help us out this preseason. It is much appreciated. And we'll see you for our next team preview podcast. Next week, we're going to be looking at the mighty Gold Coast Suns and the first team where we're going to have to be navigating that opening round by or yeah it is round two or three they've got that bye. it's going to be an interesting conversation we'll see you then